0: You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. The result was good. The conditions were extreme. and But I seem to do well when things get really hard. So, I mean, every single time I have had a good re- result, it's been some crazy extreme thing.
1: So, (laughs) just (laughs) once again.
2: That was Laurel Wassner.
1: I do love hills, but since I've come back to running after having three C-sections, hills have been very hard for me. So this year, I just, actually the last couple of months, I just had to tell myself, like, you, hills are what made you good at this sport. Don't forget that. Because I was, like, shying away from hills a little bit because it was just kind of hard and hurt too much. And I've been working on getting over that by just reminding myself that I actually can do it. That
2: Was Rebecca Wasner. This is Marnie Salop. Marnie Salop here. Thanks for tuning into the new Marnie on the Move podcast series, Long Slow Distance. The series is fueled by several of my favorite brands Mad Ritual, On, Roca, Noon Hydration, Salt Stick, and Navitas Organics. Long Slow Distance is a seasonal podcast series purely focused on endurance sports featuring athletes, coaches, and industry experts offering a deep dive into training, technique, racing, insight and advice, and of course, the mind-altering concept of long slow distance, also known as LSD. The series is inspired by my training for the 2019 TCS New York City Marathon, born from my decade of training for running and triathlon events, and paralleled with my love-hate relationship of doing long slow distance and my desire to be fast. Also, a parallel for life, right? Having to go slow to go fast is a big lesson, and I had to hit the rewind button on my training a few years ago. You also have to go fast to go fast, and that's another lesson. Either way, I decided to embrace the concept and make it fun. I will be conversing with runners, triathletes, swimmers, nutritionists, doctors, and more. If you listen to Marnie on the Move on the regular, you know I often get into the weeds with Marnie on the Move endurance athlete guests about their training and racing. So I thought I'd do a focus series on one of my favorite topics, Long Slow Distance. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Marnie on the Move podcast and my new series, Long Slow Distance. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. I'm super excited to introduce you to today's guests, professional triathletes, influencers, and entrepreneurs. Laurel and Rebecca Wassner, also known as the Wassner twins in the world of professional triathlon and athlete style and athlete food on Instagram. Sisters that train together, win together. On the race course and in life, I've seen it firsthand as I've had the opportunity to pop into one or two of their training sessions on a run and a few swims. They are an incredible team and competitive in a fun sisterly way. I was so inspired. I asked my sister to do a half marathon with me to be continued. On today's episode, I sync up with the twins about where it all began, their path to professional triathlon, and the obstacles and challenges they have overcome in life and out on the race course. We do a deep dive into training, racing, good days and bad days, the race selection process, and more. Both of these women are incredible, together and on their own. Rebecca is the three-time winner of the Nautica New York City Triathlon. She's also a three-time mom to the most adorable children that are six and under. We talk about how after each child... She has come back to training and racing and how she does it all. Laurel has raced Kona two times in 2015 and 2016. She turned pro in 2008, 10 years after being diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and surviving cancer. She went on to become the first cancer survivor to win an iron distance race. As I said, these women are beyond inspiring, empowering, and a lot of fun to learn from. I hope you enjoy our conversation. If you like what you hear, leave us a review. It's easy. Head over to your app on your Apple phone, scroll through the episodes, click on five stars, and tell me what you love. As I mentioned, Long Slow Distance is fueled by a few of my favorite brands, the ones that I use every day for training, racing, and life. I wanted to quickly share why these brands fuel me for success, and some of the great deals they're offering to Marnie on the Move long, slow distance listeners. Here we go. Mad Ritual has changed my recovery game in a big way. Get ready to recover like a rebel with these awesome, high-quality CBD-infused products. Their CBD bomb is off the charts amazing, and I'm not the only one that thinks so. Mad Ritual has 100 plus five-star reviews. The balms have five simple organic ingredients, coconut oil, shea butter, olive oil, plant wax, CBD, and different blends of essential oils. Personally, I prefer the eucalyptus and peppermint. They also offer a terrific CBD-infused total recovery supplement. Not just for athletes, the products are formulated to ease all of the aches and pains that come along with being an active human. So if you're sore from life, Mad Ritual gets it. Founded by women, athletes, and active entrepreneurs, they are committed to helping active folks bring more balance to their lives. Mad Ritual is offering Marnie on the Move listeners 15% off. Head over to their website, madritual.com, use the code Marnie on the Move, and start shopping. Speaking of active... On-running shoes offer runners the perfect mix of design and function. Running in on shoes is a game-changing experience thanks to their proprietary cloud tech technology. You really do feel like you're running on clouds, whatever your shoe preference is. I have several pairs as I am logging lots of miles for the TCS New York City Marathon and switch out my sneakers often depending on the distance and the terrain. Side note, I do have a few pairs that I use for fashion and everyday. If you want to learn more about On, you can go to their website, onrunning.com, or you can download the episode of Marnie on the Move with co-founder David Alleman. Now, if you're a triathlete, you probably have heard of Roka. I've been wearing Roka wetsuits for triathlon for the past five years, and they've been terrific for my swimming, speed, and comfortability. When I learned they were expanding beyond wetsuits and goggles and introducing eyewear, I immediately got a pair of the sunglasses, which I have been wearing for the past several months. No matter how hard I try, I can shake them off my head, which is great since I'm always on the move. All Roka products are high-tech, performance-focused with functional design. Behind the brand are founders and athletes designing products for athletes like themselves, Learn more on the podcast, Marnie on the Move, with Roca co-founder, Kurt Spencer, or shop their website, roca.com, and get 20% off with our code, Marni, M-A-R-N-I. Now, if you're an endurance athlete, you know how important it is to replace electrolytes and salt as you sweat for hours on end. Salt stick caps have been my go-to for training and racing for years. They reduce heat stress, muscle cramping, and maintain electrolyte levels. SaltStick also offers the only electrolyte capsules, liquid add-ins, and chewable tablets that were formulated to closely resemble the electrolyte profile lost during activity, which is sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium. Use the code MARNI20 for a 20% discount at checkout when you visit shopsaltstick.com. Please note, this is only available to people with a U.S. mailing address and expires on December 31st, 2019. My other go-to fueling and hydration resource is Noon Hydration. I simply add their hydrating electrolyte tablets into my water and I'm good to go. It tastes great There are lots of amazing flavors. I'm currently obsessed with their Watermelon Sport Hydration and the Blackberry Vanilla Rest. Noon began as the first company to separate electrolyte replacement from carbohydrates. The result, a healthy hydrating beverage without all of the extra sugar and additives. Noon Hydration is hydrating the planet one runner, surfer, cyclist, yogi, hula-hooper at a time. And the list goes on. They have taken the brand beyond sports and endurance with immunity and vitamin tablets. They use clean ingredients, and suppliers backed by third-party certifications and are non-GMO, gluten-free, and vegan. I highly recommend you add their tablets to your water as you race and train, whatever endurance sport you're doing. Lastly, but most importantly for recovery and for fueling, is Navitas Organics. I am obsessed with their plant-based superfood ingredients and have been adding them to my smoothies for nearly a decade. From there. All-in-one, organic, essential superfood blends with protein, greens, probiotics, and enzymes for post-workout or even just for breakfast. I also use their maca for adaptogens, camo camu for extra vitamin C, and cacao. They also have an incredible line of CBD-infused wellness shots, restore, calm, focus, and bliss, and delicious superfood lattes. Head over to their website and stock up Navitas Organics. Is offering 25% off for your first purchase with the code MOVE25 upon checkout. Head over to their website, NavitasOrganics.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a chance to sample and try some of these great products. Now, on to the series. Thanks for coming today. This is so exciting to have you both here. Yeah, thanks
1: well, for, thanks having, for us. having
2: us. Tell me, how many workouts did you already do today?
1: I don't know. I've only done one official workout, but okay. it feels like I've done a few others because like uh, we got up super early to come <clears throat> back from up from being in New Paltz for the weekend. So I think the drive counts as a workout. Yes. And then the wrangling the kids to go to school, and then trying to get coffee with one of them refusing to let me go into the coffee shop. That sounds That's like a triathlon to me. And then the triathlon completed with an easy spin on the bike.
2: Nice, nice. And what about you,
0: Laurel? Um. I ditched the meltdown at the coffee shop, got my own coffee, and then I went swimming.
2: Nice. (laughs) Nice. So you just got back from China.
0: Yes. So what
2: was that like?
0: Um, It was a great experience. I was um, third place at the Xi'an 70.3. This is my, I think it was my fourth time going to China for a race. And And it's an Ironman race. It was a 70.3. So Ironman brand race. I did, last year I went to um, a non, uh, just an independent race there. So this is my first time racing in Xi'an and it was, it was good. It was, it was a good rate. I had a good result, but the experience in the race was a, a t- it was a challenge. It was it's
1: hard yeah. it for tough. to listen to her say it was good because the uh, conditions Okay, were the result extreme. was good.
0: <laughs> the result was good. The conditions were extreme. And, but I seem to do well when things get really hard. So interesting. I mean, every single time I have had a good re- result, it's been some crazy extreme thing. So
1: that's <laughs> just, just <laughs> once again.
2: <laughs> yeah. Back. You were going to say like, you look like you're going to say something. Yeah,
1: I was just going to say, what, you mean, what, what do you mean by extreme is it was flooded. The course was flooded. This is what I heard and saw in pictures. And them. you also put they, it on Instagram. They canceled the swim and she's a swimmer. Laurel's a swimmer first. So she had to do a duathlon, but I think she rose to the occasion and uh, proved herself as an athlete without a triathlete without the swim. Yeah, I was proud
0: of that because I've um, not had great do-athlon results in the past. Well,
2: so you guys are both professional athletes and you're twins. And obviously, you know, you train and race together. But like your entire family is fairly athletic. And I might be wrong with the entire family. But I know your sister, Sarah, is also an athlete. So... Where did athleticism begin for you? Maybe back you could start.
1: I think um, it probably started with our parents. Uh, they were, they've always been very supportive of us doing any sport, and we did try most sports when we were little. Uh, the first thing we did was swimming, though, and we stuck with that through our, our, basically through our entire lives. Um, but we also played softball, basketball, never very well. But actually, Laura was pretty good. She played tennis, and, and when we got to uh, middle school, our parents forced us to join the cross-country team. And then when we got to high school, they forced us again, and Laurel refused. So I was the only one. I did it, and so I hated it. I just did not like anything about it, but I was instantly good at it. And they knew I would be good at it, because they just knew we were runners. We were fast in the other sports. Um, So I had a lot of success in high school in running. And eventually, Laurel joined the team when we were seniors. But um, then I got a scholarship uh, to college for running, and I continued to swim. and Laurel was a swimmer. As where did well, you go to college?
2: So.
1: Oh, I went to Mount Saint Mary's in okay. Maryland.
2: Nice. And where did you so guys grow up?
1: We grew up in Maryland. and the area we grew up in is, is very, um, what you say? Into, sp- I mean, sports are a big thing. No, Snowm- yeah, yeah, it's no. I mean, there are probably DC area is
0: known for swimming. swimming a lot of Olympians yeah. um, have come out of that area. So,
2: Laurel, you were swimming while Beck was running. Yes.
0: Um, Yes, in college. We both swam and ran. And um, like Beck said, I refused to be on the cross-country team. But back up in seventh grade, (laughs) people were making fun of us because we were so small. Uh. Really short, really small. And I was just thinking about this the other day, but like the coach called us the Muppet Babies, which was a popular cartoon at the time. And <laughs> now looking back seen. as an adult, I recently saw the Muppet Babies and I was like, wow, they're like little baby, they're babies. And so we weren't really encouraged that much. And there um, was
1: a third Muppet Baby. Our best friend was also the yeah, same size. it was as the three us. of us. And she was also a good runner. So and, we were like, um, we were
2: like all, you guys are probably taller than me. But we're probably only. No, we I'm five one.
0: Okay. Maybe, yeah, you're taller. Yeah. You're like 5'4. Five, 5'2? Five, two. Five, five, two. Mm-hmm. I'm five, three and 4. Um, okay. We were winning the races, but they still were being called babies. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, it's like the yeah. more successful you yeah. are, the more
2: people want to take you down.
0: So it was uh, maybe that was one of the reasons I didn't want to pursue that. But um, I did get into swimming in high school. Um, more seriously. Did you love it? Yeah.
1: yeah I think we s- loved our swim team. We, we did. Like all of our friends were on it. And, it was and you were on the still, swim team too. Yeah, I, still, I did the swim team, but there was, so I eventually got to the point where I was being pulled in two directions from two different, the, um, the track coach and the swim coach, and I ended up having to run to swim practice uh, almost every day. And then sometimes I would do a swim meet or track meet in the morning and swim meet in the afternoon. So it was, I, I guess I was learning how to be a triathlete then, even though I had no, future plans on becoming one what did what you think what did you want really. to do when you were
2: a kid like did you want to be a professional athlete um, or did you no, have different I, aspirations you know, i
1: i think a lot of kids grow up saying oh i want to be in the olympics that I, I just never felt like i was good enough to ever even think that um but yeah we both grew up and uh, we worked for our grandfather who was a cpa um since the time from eighth grade on or so and uh, then i became an accountant as well i became a cpa so i did that For a couple years, kind of like the same story as Matt Wilpers. Yeah, I listened to his um, podcast with you. It was also Gwen Jorgensen. Yes, yeah, I had the same kind of trajectory as he did, where I got a couple years in, and I was like, hmm, I don't see myself really wanting to advance in this, like the other, like my peers. Yeah, I feel like I need to do something else. So that's when I started. Going back and thinking, okay, I can swim, I can bike, maybe I can do this triathlon thing.
2: And then you started, but you were were you an elite athlete first, and then you um, went pro, or you just knew you well, had the time? I
1: after I finished at Mount Saint Mary's, um, mm-hmm. I had a pretty good, a decent career there, um, and I developed as a runner into to the point where I thought, oh, I can do this even better. Maybe I can try to make the Olympic trials or something. Like I was at that level for okay. the marathon. so for The I marathon. Continue, yeah. So I, I hadn't done any marathons yet, but I, when I moved to <laughs> New York, fast. <laughs> everybody does the marathon here. Yeah. So it was instantly like, okay, so you're doing the marathon. I'm like, what? I do the 10K maybe? I used to do the 5K or the mile. But um, I got into the idea that maybe I wanted to be a fast marathoner. And um, through Mary Wittenberg at the New York Red Runners Club, she recommended that I join. Um, they were uh, the Fila Discovery USA Marathon Training Program, which... Um, was is most was mostly kenyans and Mm -hmm. then they wanted a couple americans and they wanted somebody from new york to join the team and it involved uh, going to live at a training camp live as a professional runner and the people in the group um one of them margaret okayo that year when i was in the group she won the new york city marathon so it was high level some of the best in the u.s plus me who was. Kind of a beginner at that I line, think you have know? been very <laughs> modest. So, no, really. Like, I was I was a lot younger. But you um, had to do a test in order to get... I had to, to get... do a test at Lenox Hill Hospital um, they, in a lab. And it was uh, not the VO2 max tests that I had done, but it was like a lactate threshold kind of thing where mm-hmm. they um, took blood and I had to run on the treadmill. And I guess they really liked my numbers, and so they chose me to be on the team.
2: That's awesome. And,
1: yeah, so I had to leave my job behind... And, um, I went to uh, Mount Laguna, California, which is outside of San Diego. And it's at altitude. I was just going to ask, is it at altitude? Yeah, Yeah. We lived at a campground for, um, how many months was it? Like it was a little program lasted about six months. Um, so we were there and I just started running really high mileage and then we came down and went and did the New York city marathon.
2: Wow. I'm doing the marathon this year.
1: Oh, I I just,
2: I've never done that. Did you love it?
1: Yeah, I loved it. And I kept saying the whole time, I want to do this again as as for fun. Oh, really? (laughs) As a professional runner, because it was just so hard. It was just, yeah, because I had done a lot of training. I'd done a couple other marathons, but nothing compared to how hard New York was.
2: That's kind of scary.
1: (laughs) But you've done triathlons. And I think now that I'm thinking about doing an Ironman someday, I think that that marathon, an Ironman marathon will make the New York City Marathon seem easy.
2: Yes. I was at an Ironman event recently, and I met some people who work for the company, and they, one of the people I met was like, don't do the marathon before you do an Ironman because it's totally different, and you're going to yeah. have a totally different experience. They're like, don't do it because you'll think that in the Ironman you should have the same time as the marathon. I'm like, don't worry. I know it's never going to be... It's- it's going to be at least an hour longer in an Ironman than it would ever be yeah. like on an actual marathon course. But, so how many marathons have you done?
1: So after that, I, um, I did New York, and unfortunately, our whole team did not have a good day. Oh, so man. I didn't have a great experience. I got my best time, but I almost stopped, and the coaches were like, no, you have to keep going. You're still going to get you – know, you can still get a PR, and little did I know that would be the last marathon – that I really have run since. Really? I've done two, I've done one iron distance race. So just the, when we did the Isra Man triathlon, I did the marathon in that, and that took me four hours.
2: It did. But, and you're so fast. Like, how <laughs> do you? It took me
1: four hours. Well, wait, so it was... does it
2: take you four hours after you had three kids or? Uh, that
1: was after one kid. Okay. I, uh, sorry, that was after two kids. And that was not knowing that the baby had given me pneumonia and I was running with pneumonia. Wow. So that's always a interesting thing to happen it's the scary. day before a race. <laughs> but yeah.
2: And you did it anyway with pneumonia. You didn't know. I
1: didn't know. I was wondering why I felt so bad.
2: Yeah. When did you go from, like, marathon and running to triathlon?
1: So after that program, um, I did the marathon, didn't have a great day. And then I went back to, I, I didn't have my, I had left my job. And so I was kind of in the middle of, like, what do I do next? And I had... Injured my foot during the marathon. I could kind of couldn't walk. I ro- I walked down the street. We lived in the West Village, and Magnolia Bakery was just down the street, and they were hiring. So I walked in, and I said, like, "Can I have a job?" And they gave me a job as a, a cupcake icing person, and I had to work late into the night. We probably got off at midnight, which is really late for a, a swimmer or a triathlete who gets up really early. Um, and I could kind of couldn't really stand, but I did it. And they wouldn't let me use the cash register because they were afraid I would, they were, <laughs> the owner's sure, the mother CPA. was afraid I was yeah. going to steal something. And I'm like, look, I have a CPA. I could do the math. I can, I'm not going to, you could know, trust me here. I've, oh, everyone else here, you could trust me. But I just thought it was funny. And I'd be like putting boxes together in the middle of the night. So I had a lot of time t- to think about what I wanted to do next. And I knew I still wanted to do something athletic, um, not full time, obviously, because I needed to support myself more than the $5 an hour I was making, plus tips. Uh, so so, um, I did eventually go back and get another job but um, as an accountant I also started thinking about buying a bike at that point right
2: what was your time in the marathon
1: 255 that day that was my best and wow that's pretty um, good I have to say I look back and I think that is pretty good but I was expecting much much faster yes well um, then that's the training that I had done and we actually had all gone to the Chicago Marathon three weeks before New York okay. and started it like we were going to do the race, but then the coach pulled everybody at 18 miles. And I know 18 miles is just the beginning of the marathon, but I, at that point, I was on pace to run like a 240, so, and I was feeling really good. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I, now when things are really hard, I have to think of myself as more of a 240-something runner than a 255 runner, but I never got to really show that
2: right and so what like if you were going to give someone advice about the New York City Marathon how long ago was it
1: it was 2001 2001 it was a so hard year to do it but we all came back and did it
2: you did yeah that, what was the exactly. what was the weather like what was the what was um, hard about it or
1: oh just because it was uh 2000 right yeah, September right after September, 11, September 11th I had been away for that so when we came back and we had to drive down drive th- to Staten Island and we had to come down here down through on the, down the West side highway and And see all the buildings I haven't seen that yet. It was just hard because the weather was good. The weather was perfect, but I just wasn't, I I started off too fast. I -hmm. started off at the pace I thought I could run in Chicago, which Chicago is totally flat, different experience altogether. And, um, I think the hills of the bridges were just a big surprise. Interesting. Yeah. They
2: say that the race really doesn't start till mile 20.
1: Yes. And even mile 12 or 13 is when it started to go downhill for me. And I thought, that's when I thought, okay, I like this split. I'm doing well here. And then the next one was like, it gets a little quiet in Queens. Yes. Um, for me, it got really quiet. And I just started to get to sort of going down my pace a little bit. But then once I got back to Fifth Avenue and I saw coaches and people and friends, things picked up a little bit. Yeah. And, and so I now I you there. Yeah. I saw you in Upper Fifth.
2: Okay. So yeah. now we're going to switch gears for a second and <laughs> talk to Laurel. All right. So we got... Your story about sort of where it began and running and doing the New York City Marathon and going pro and on your trajectory. Laurel, what was your trajectory in terms of training and racing?
0: Well, I was a swimmer at George Washington um, Swim Distance Freestyle. And um, I remember my senior year, I did like a speech about what is an Ironman in my speech class that was a requirement. <laughs> and, um, now I think about it, and I remember explaining it's a 2.4 mile swim, and people were probably falling asleep because they were bored by my speech. but so I guess it was on my mind since since then. And one a, a girl I swam with became a professional triathlete. So I sort of saw her doing it, and then um, I bought a bike right after college for400 dollars, like a steel road bike, and I signed up for a triathlon, but then I injured my knee somehow, and Beck actually took my number and did the race. <laughs> yeah, that was my first triathlon. It yeah. was way before
1: I, everything else. It was just, a, we had just graduated. Yeah, it was like, and it's right after we graduated. I took her number, took her bike, learned how to ride it in the parking lot, and then did the race, and then didn't do another race triathlon. First. And then we saw the results of that and
0: recently, and it was like all these like great legends from, it was a all-women's race um, in Outside Baltimore, Baltimore and Olympians and legends and then Beck had like one of the fastest runs in the whole thing.
1: That's amazing. Uh, people were telling me to slow down. I started running <laughs> slow down it was only a 5k and I was just running it like a 5k and you were just and I thought what are they talking about? It's all o- it was over at that
2: point right yeah, like you were running, running like there was nothing else you no, had to slow do.
1: Down, <laughs> slow
2: down. That's so funny.
1: Yeah so then
0: I didn't do another triathlon for many years after that but so you guys have
2: have you guys always kind of like mirrored each other in sport? Like you're you're here together, you lived together. I mean, were you did you call your sister and say, "Hey, I have this bib. I'm not going to do it. Like, do you want to do it?"
0: Yes, because we were both living at home at that point. It was right after we graduated, and so we were kind of training, I guess, together. Uh huh. Um, I don't know how much training I, I did. don't even remember training. At <laughs> I all. do. I remember running once and trying to make it to 40 <laughs> minutes one time, but. Yeah, so she knew, you know, we were, the whole family was going to like, oh, our sister was going to do it as well. So it was more of a, just like, oh, I can't do it. You do it. Nowadays, you'd never be able to like... Transfer a bib, yes. <laughs> be arrested morning, and banned from like, like the sport. Yeah. <laughs> do another race again. When you were in
2: college, did you, did, were you studying something else or did you know you wanted to be a professional um, athlete?
0: I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I d- did do accounting because I feel like, um, because everybody told me to do it, I was p- very bad at it. Just gonna <laughs> well, put that out there. I loved it. <laughs> and it was, um, I took like a photography class, which I really liked, but. Yeah, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I followed in the accounting footsteps because that's what my sister was doing, and that's what our grandfather did, and I saw that it was a you know, good job to have. So I actually did get a job in New York City, and that's how I ended up here. Okay. And well, I wanted your... to move to New York, so I figured I got to get a job doing something. Whatever right. it is, I'll take it. And Beck, um, were you living here then, too? I, um, I was living in D.C. Okay. area. But our older sister lived here, and um, I went to when I swam at Fordham for a meet, I left the team, like, I got permission to leave and stay with her, and I was just, and she lived on the Upper West Side, and I was like, oh, this is so cool, I want to live here, and uh, our dad is from New York, and our aunt was living here, so we had a lot of connections, and um, that's how we ended up here. And
2: when did you go pro?
0: Um, 2008.
2: Okay. So, and what was the path from CPA and accounting? Oh, I, to never, you I, never, did,
0: t- I did, never got that far. <laughs> uh, I lasted about a, a couple months. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not even. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I got to the class where you have to take the CPA exam. Mm-hmm. And I went to one. And <laughs> I just it was in some big place in Midtown, and there were a million people in the thing. And I just was like, this is not for me. I just... <laughs> I couldn't, ta- couldn't stand <laughs> the teacher. And I just said, I'm done. So <laughs> fortunately, where I work with other cool, I got some cool experiences about, out of the firm where I worked because they had some really interesting clients. And one of the, it was just like when the internet was starting. So back in the pre-internet days, but like they, 1990, <laughs> 1999, <laughs> they wanted to get clients for themselves for in this new industry. So they sent me to all the parties and the parties then were like these amazing launch parties in Soho and wherever else, everywhere. So I got to go to those while the, my colleagues were like literally like crunching numbers. I got to this job where, so I um, ended up at a magazine because one the magazine that was covering that industry at the time, there was one, there were two, and I got, a, I got to be an intern for them while getting my job salary from the firm. Cool. Which was really unheard of. At the time. So I got that experience. And once that happened, I said, I'm not going to go back. That. did you
2: end up working at the magazine
0: kind of yeah I mean, for a I, little bit yeah
2: so you're doing like business development and helping them get business clients and
0: yeah that was what my I was doing <laughs> <laughs> I, I really this excited. is so awesome <laughs> so um, yeah and I had to check back in every so often I had to go back to the office yeah and, and like give them some business cards <laughs> I met so many interesting people through that. So, people that are starting up companies. And
2: mm-hmm. so that was like in like 1999, mm-hmm. 2000. Yeah. And you were living in New York City yes. during 9-11 as well, yes. right? You lived down here yeah. or were you so, on the Upper West?
0: We lived in the West Village and um, Beck was at her training camp in California. So I was home by myself, but we lived on West 12th Street. You so guys lived together?
2: Yeah. You I moved, moved to New York City yeah. and lived together.
1: Yes. And our older sister lived um, two doors down from us.
2: That's so cool.
1: Yeah, it was yeah. It's just really cool because she helped us get the apartment. So she got us to move in right on her block.
2: And your older sister is your sister who works in, in theater, right? Yes, She's yes. not an athlete. No. And your younger sister, Sarah, is very athletic. Yes. Triathlon She magazine? writes for a writes bunch for, of different places. Writes One for of different. Writes
1: is, um, triathlete magazine.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was your first race?
1: Do you remember? The, the triathlon and, with the roller skating. Oh. Right. My very first triathlon. This
0: is pre this is when I first moved to New York. I lived in Brooklyn. I still wanted to be a triathlete. So I was I had that idea in college and I was carrying it over to when I moved here. I joined a running group. I met like these amazing friends that are still my friends now. And I got the bike and I rode it around Brooklyn and there was a I saw an ad for a triathlon and it was a rollerblading, biking, running triathlon and rollerblading was my thing I also rollerbladed a lot so I had I was pretty good I know why we're uh, friends yeah <laughs> that's just yeah I, I don't have them anymore I kind of wish I did but um I had rollerbladed I went to school in DC so I rollerbladed all over DC and all the time like in my I don't know my free time <laughs> I don't know I just I really like to explore like all the different neighborhoods so I was pretty good at doing rollerblading um and so the race started with Rollerblade instead of a swim in Brook in Prospect Park. Nice. And so it was one lap rollerblading, three laps biking, two laps running. So it was kind of a cool. It was a cool event.
2: And so when did it kind of all come together for you, where you were like officially competing?
0: After that, I um, didn't do another triathlon for right after that. I was getting in really good shape, and I was doing the running workouts and swimming and everything. I was like going to try to be a triathlete, but then I got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and that just put everything on hold. I don't think I did any real workouts again for many years. So it was just, I never lost sight of being an athlete, but I just was like excited that I could do a Pilates class. Yeah. Um, And that would be my workout. And you lived, you were here with your sister while you were going through. She moved up here as soon as I got the diagnosis. Got it. And she moved up. We got an apartment in the West village and which was two doors down from our older sister and, yeah, so
1: then we were here together through it.
2: That's amazing. And you, like, helped her through it. And I know, so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. No, no,
1: I know. Did, I did my best yeah. to try to support her, yeah. um, with her along with her other sister and the rest of our family members. Also and helped. you didn't want to move
2: home. You wanted to stay in the city. Yeah,
0: no way. I, didn't want to, I just had gotten here. Um, yeah. I just got to New York just starting out. I had made so many friends. And I just wanted to keep my life going as normal as possible. And didn't want to have to go home and be alone. Like here, right. in, when you're in New York, you have you get to see people all the time. You can walk out, out of the street. and You're not the weirdest one out there if you're right. involved. You know, <laughs> like you can right. you have that stimulation. And I feel like if I had moved back home or um, just not been here, it would have been more difficult for me.
2: Yeah. And so how many years did it take you to sort of get back to your um, athletic?
0: It took me... I don't know, 5 to 10 years to get five to back to, um, I mean, I'd say that 5 to 10, because I think I did a few, um, I remember doing a, I did a 5K race, maybe like, when did we do that 5K? We did a Mother's Day race in Central Park, and it was like a survivor type of race. It wasn't like a, uh, but I did that, um, I am going to say maybe five years later. Yeah. 5K. So does that
2: ever, did you, when you were going through that, was there any kind of athletic mindset that kind of helped you persevere or was that all kind of out the window and you were
0: just like... Um, I think it just because I had done so many, like I have did the hardest swimming events. I've been an athlete my whole life. I was already really strong. Like I knew how to be strong and get through things. So that probably helped me a lot. The physical parts of it, definitely being fit, being strong, young, that helped. But right. um, I think also like just knowing how to get through things from being an athlete my whole life.
2: Yeah. And then do you ever kind of now look back when you're on the race course and you're like, I survived that and I am an athlete and like so I can do this race?
0: Yeah, all the time. I think that's one thing I always have to think about or when things get tough. Yeah. Sometimes I completely forget and I'm like, Oh, I, I suck and then I'm like, wait, you're like you I, I don't, don't really have so suck. much stuff. <laughs> like you actually did have you can do this yeah. so it's something i definitely draw upon
2: and Beck, what, what's your like go to mental game when you're training and racing i mean you've had now you have three children who are 100% so adorable oh, thank you and your old is it your oldest your older daughter who is has an instagram account
1: yes amy amy's food factory um, she loves to cook and we lo- we like to cook together so i started filming her making she has these really inventive creative ideas about things and I just let her go with it and sometimes I think this is going to taste so gross but it's always really good. Yeah. So she's yeah, she's very creative. She's she keeps us very busy. I'd say she has lots of ideas about things.
2: You were on track to go pro and then and then you were pro and you got married and then you had a daughter. So what after your first child like what how how long did it take you to go back and get in shape and get back to training? Yeah,
1: so I had I actually, let's see, I was uh, pro, I turned pro in 2004 and I went through the whole um, Olympic development track to try to qualify for the Olympics for 2008, so I was really getting, I got really serious about that. Then I had about three years of doing really well in the non-Olympic format and right, I'd say right when I was at the peak of everything, I found out that I was going to have Amy, uh, which is a great surprise and um, so I had to I just sort of dropped everything right there to start a family and it was actually announced in the Wall Street Journal which Amy never forgets (laughs) um, because I was supposed to do the New York City triathlon as a three-time defending champion but I um, had to back out at the last second so it was hard to stop everything and then to get started again was way harder than I thought Um, I think everybody has a different experience right yes Um, and I didn't know that at the time I thought just because one person did something then I should be able to do that but I had a c-section and it was uh, not very easy to recover from that right um, to take a lot of time Um, and there are some people that can have a c-section and be fine but I think but that's major surgery It's just major surgery it's just nothing that I was expecting. It's not and just like having a baby; it's also no, maybe major, su- yeah, major surgery. You need your core to do a lot of what is involved in triathlon, so you really—it was hard to get back to it. But I had a plan, and I knew I wanted to. I was focused, and I wanted to try to get back to the race course. So, what not were some of the necessarily things necessarily to? Sorry, it's okay. Be back on the starting line a year later, winning things. I just had a different perspective when I came back of just wanting to be back out there after getting to my ultimate low of fitness level. So just every day felt like progress from there.
2: Did you feel like in the back of your mind, like you knew you could get back there? Because kind of once you have that.
1: Yeah, I did. I had, I did. And I could see Laurel continuing to have success. And so I kept thinking, I know I can do it if she's doing it. Like I'm supposed to be faster than her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, is there any competitiveness? I said that way back when, and it's taken six plus years for me to even... Maybe beat her in a race. Now so you can
2: beat. Now you can beat her. I
1: don't know. We'll see in our next race. We'll go head to head. She um, beat me in the last one. I. I think I saw that she on Instagram. Did, but she had it that day. Oh, so okay, it, yeah. But um, this is actually the longest period of time I've had without having, um, being, um, have, being, pregnant or having just had a kid. So um, we'll see how things. Well, how go old is your? Because, yeah. um, Amy is six, and then I have a three and a one year okay. old. Okay. So. She's actually 19 months now, so now I'm getting to see what it actually feels like to be an athlete, maybe have, kind of have my body back. I'll never have what I had before with my abs. It's just, it's fine, but it's just never going to be the same because I can't even think about doing a sit-up without getting a pain that lasts for like a week. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. Yeah, so I've given up on that, but you just work around it and figure out what works. Well, so what, um, what are some
2: things that you do as a new mom that is getting back in shape, trying to come back to where you were? Like, are there any, like, tips and advice that you yeah, can Yeah, I
1: just definitely took my time, especially the third time around. Because the first time, I felt like I was a little bit more um, hard on myself, I guess I could say. And this time around, I thought, you know what? It's January. I don't need to be outside. I need to just be inside, recover. All three of them were born in January, so I got that, I had it down by the third time. Okay, um, And I just let things come back naturally instead of rushing back to running was the hardest thing uh, for me on all three times. Yeah. I tried to run too early the first time, and it just kind of kept setting me back. The second time, I tried to run too early, and I got a little bit of an injury. So the th- just the third time, I s- just said to myself, this is it, just... If you don't run, you'll be fine. You know you can come back and do it. You're never going to forget how to run.
2: But you have to build your core back first. Yeah, I had to
1: build. And I'll, all three times I worked with a the physical therapist, um, Carolyn Mazer at Fusion. Um, and she just has set me up for the, what I need to do. And I get physically worked on her. Like I would get, now it's only about once a week, but like twice a week at the beginning. Um, to work on the scar, get rid of the scar tissue. It's a major thing to have to deal with that. Yeah. So,
2: no, scar tissue is a big yeah. deal because it holds all your fascia together very tightly and you yeah. can't even get to yeah, it really to moves. move it. Yeah. So,
1: the first time, I think maybe because of the more traumatic C section, it just bothered me and bothered me and bothered me for three years. And then I had the second C section and it got so much better. So, the third time around, it just it feels pretty good now. So, I, That's I'm amazing. glad I had two more. <laughs>
2: That's great. And so,
1: yeah, so just getting back has been, there definitely have been some low points. And over the last six years, I never, I haven't gotten back to that point where I left off.
2: mm -hmm. And
1: sometimes I forget about the triathlete that I was. And it's hard because you have, like, I opened myself up to that to go to races and get last and get beaten by amateurs. And there was one point last year, not that that's bad, but that's not what I was. That's just not where your head is. Yeah. So, I would go to races and think, oh my gosh, next year, I'm going to have to sign up as an amateur because I'm not performing. I'm just going to have to switch. And then it took t- it took me realizing that it just takes time to build things back. And things started clicking. And one day I just had a workout that felt like myself again. And then I started building back up. And this year, like how, now that I've actually gone through, I've had a couple more months of having my own body before getting pregnant or having a baby mm-hmm. that I'm able to see like I'm older now, but I'm still able to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's all coming back finally. And not not going to be an amateur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, I don't have to think about card. that. I qualify. No, for so my pro card. T- I got so
0: many texts. I, um, I don't think I'm going to qualify. And I was like, I, sh- I haven't qualified for my pro card. It's to renew your pro card, you have to get top. It's not that hard to
1: right. do, right? Yeah, but I hadn't had any results, so and she's like, the like "They're not the going to f- let me race."
0: And yeah, I just
1: kept saying, "You're going to get it. You're going to get it." I went to yeah. some yeah. races last out. year where I just did it. I signed up because I could, and yeah. I was, could run, swim, bike, and run. And in my mind, I thought that was enough, but racing was a different thing. And uh, well, when thing it's your career, like, it's,
2: yeah. you have to take it seriously in a different way.
1: Yeah. So and it's, nice. just, it's hard because every not only is every body different, but everyone has their own circumstances, like your kid could be sick the day of the race, right? or your body could be just, there could be something that you have that not everybody else has. Or yeah. maybe in your pregnancy, you weren't able to do any exercise at all. And so then it does make sense. You're going to take a lot of time to come back. And Or if you're somebody that exercised right up to the last day, and then a week later, you feel like you can exercise again. So it's I had to learn that kind of the hard way, I think.
2: I think that's like, I think I've learned that lesson from racing in general and like so many things that you can't control so many things that could happen and like you just never know and you don't know how you're going to react to any kind of situation I mean and especially like I don't you know I've not had kids but like I can't even imagine after being pregnant and having your body go through that the whole process and then having the c-section and major surgery like trying to get back to Training from a physical and then a mental perspective, it's challenging. I mean, there's all kinds of challenges, but that's yeah. super challenging too. But you can do it.
1: For um, When Des was one, so after my second kid, I had this idea that I want to do a, um, an Ironman before he turns one. So crazy. Laurel, do you think <laughs> yeah. she's crazy? He was uh, I probably had something. To yeah, do so with she had to Did you like you
2: probably put her up uh, to it? it was totally totally like,
0: her idea. come with me. I'm doing this. Yes. You guys so, push each other. Yeah. Like
2: <laughs> I, I love that.
1: So he was born in January, and that gave me till the next January, and I didn't really start training again for about six months. So that left me with a winter uh, to do the race because I had it in my head I was going to do it. And then Laurel came with this uh, up with this idea of going to Israel. There was a race in January, like a couple days before he turned one. And there was a half and a full distance and I could have done the half, but it decided to do the full. And <laughs> we hadn't done any, I hadn't really done any training. Right. Uh, cause that's to, a good to idea to speak of like yeah. you would compare to what a normal professional triathlete does. Yeah. I had done some biking. Um, so my swimming was, was probably January, pretty good. So. It was January. We had all like leading up to the race, we all got a stomach bug. This is another thing like you just can't control. The house got a stomach bug and um, I got super dehydrated. Then we left for the race. I recovered. So I thought I was fine. And then we left for the race a couple of days later. And then it just, that's when I found out I had pneumonia as well. Oh,
2: so, but she
0: did do great in the swim and the bike. She was way ahead of me.
2: Yeah. It
1: took me 45 minutes on the run to catch her.
2: Did um, you freak so, out when you saw her on the run?
1: Yes. I was I just, well, I was happy did for that, her because she looked a lot better than I did. I mean, yeah. one of us had to win.
2: Yeah. So. Are you, is it like a you guys are a team? Yeah. But yet yeah. you're twins. So, and mm-hmm. you know, you might be.
1: Are you a little bit competitive with each other? I'd say we're competitive with each other, but over. More importantly, more important than that is making sure one of us does, you know, has a good day. So you're are more supportive, yeah. than competitive. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, I think it's I love I love I love seeing you guys on Instagram, like. I love that you know when you talk about each other and you're like, oh, we're like back, you know, beat me on this race or whatever. It's kind yeah. of like I know you guys like train together, race together, and support each other. But it's it's kind of fun, you know, the sisterly sort of competition. Yeah. We do get
1: the yeah. question, which is who's the faster twin? Yeah. A lot? And so I was, you know, the last couple of years, i several years, I've thought of myself as the slower twin. But I had I was
0: the slower one for a really long time. <laughs> um, so. so. We do. And then when we get to race, it's it's like a treat when we get to race, go to the same race, get to the same race at the same time.
2: So who so do you guys have like different training philosophies or a different approach or strategy to training and like the way you sort of show up before race day, like for the weekend before? Like, is one of you more organized than the other one or more serious or? like i am type a personality when it comes to going to a race like three days before i've already prepped my apartment with like all the stuff i need and they're like like i usually have enough food for like a thousand other athletes so. <laughs>
0: well this is laurel i um i am the opposite of that i some i've done races where i say oh tomorrow i'm going to brazil to race and then i pack all night line all night long <laughs> and go and do fine <laughs> but i'm trying to be better at Organizing, um, I'm going to a race on Friday, and so I'm going to start packing now, like today. Um, okay, Monday, I'm going to pack. What I'm race really, are you really doing on Friday? To, um, Ironman uh, 70.3 Cozumel, um, and so I'm going to really attempt to be more like Beck, who is just like you, and probably has already packed for our race in three
1: weeks. Um, oh, she oh, has. She has <laughs> I do. packed. I um, um, do a race, and that night I unpack my race bag and repack it for the next race.
2: Okay, so have you been like that always, or is that just since having kids?
1: Always, always. I would say. Um, yeah, I think we got it. From, I got it from our grandfather, who always had the neatest desk. He could have a whole stack of papers on his desk, but everything, but he knew exactly where every single thing was. Um, so I don't know. I might have inherited that from him. But um, I think and I'm like kids... our mom who lost her coffee cup every morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
0: yeah, we're kind of different.
2: That's so fun, yeah. though. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like, I, I, with all the gear, I feel like I have to be organized. But uh, on the way over here, I was going through things in my head and I already, Amy, my daughter, Amy, who is six, has a horse show this weekend. So I was already thinking, okay, when I get home, I'm going to have to get the shirt out. I'm going to have to iron the shirt. And this is, it's seven days away, but still I want to be organized. So I think I'm, now I have to think about her activities and mine.
2: Did you ride horses as a no, kid? No, no, not at all. But she, how did she get she, into she, it?
1: Um, just from, well, our cousin Andy is married to um, Julie, who is a horse person. Okay. And um, her daughter does horse riding, and Amy really looks up to her. And um, she wanted to do it because Avery was doing it. And where our house is upstate, there's a barn right down the street. And just she started taking lessons and spent a whole summer at camp there, and now she loves it.
2: I mean, that's awesome. I, re- yeah. I started riding horses when I was four.
1: Oh, wow. I yeah, I don't
2: it's ride cool. anymore, but I mean, I rode till I was about 18, and I competed, and it she was awesome. She loves it. She's, yeah.
1: yeah, the horse show thing is probably going to be a big deal for us going, you know, the next couple of years, I think. I think she might be hooked.
2: That's great. And yeah. now, are they, are your other, I mean, well, is your son um, very athletic, or? He's probably ty- going to so be the little. most athletic yeah.
1: one, as, or actually the littlest one. Is, she's Who's, she's yeah. Lizzie, she's 18 months, and you, she's just the most a feisty, I would say. And, uh, probably most seems to be, but most athletic so far. So it's, they're all so different. Yeah. It's just so, so interesting to see. And is your husband look an athlete? Different. Um, he is very athletic. Okay. He, he didn't do any, uh, well, he played hockey growing up, but he didn't play for, um, any school or college or any college sports or anything like that, but he's naturally gifted at endurance activities. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, so He has a very low resting heart rate. It's That's
2: amazing, enviable. So, when did you? So, in between all of this racing and training and babies, and when did you start your amazing Instagram account that, oh, um, and your website, which is all recipes yeah. and food and?
1: We started doing. I started doing that right when, um, right before Amy was born. Okay, with a friend who uh, lives in Nashville, who was a writer. And um, wanted to also a very um, talented cook, so we got we got together and started that project. And it's called Athlete Food. Yes, yeah. And, so and we we you all have a website, recipes, and Laurel took the pictures. And now it's mostly just the two of us because she has three kids and super busy. So yeah, it's fun. It's a just a fun project for us. And
2: so Laurel, your side hustle is a photographer. Yes. So in addition to being a professional athlete, and how often are you racing now?
0: um well I'm gonna be this is we're getting into the busy time it's every two to three weeks
2: the busy time of the the season yeah Yeah. what season Uh, are you on well (laughs) we're on a
0: different (laughs) season because you're not on the east coast season um, I'm on the season where I did an Ironman last year in November okay of November and then took my sort of so I trained up until then and then I took some time off in the winter um later than maybe some other people would have, like I wasn't ready to race in April. Um, and then I decided I wanted to just do training in the summer instead of going all over the place to race, race and then get back to, and then I didn't want to miss the upstate um, mm-hmm. summer, um, but I'm fine with missing sort of the when it gets cold here in New York. So that's when I decided I would do the traveling.
2: And, so you do, so you where do you train? If you're starting, sort of starting your season, where you're doing your first big races in October, November. You're training all summer. Yes. And then you're down, you're sort of pre-season, sort of like relax your mind time is spring.
0: Spring was sort of when I started getting back into shape. Okay.
1: Yeah, so more like, I like the way we've designed our season the last couple of years. Yeah, we're sort of rethinking that. um, Yeah, good for New Yorkers or anybody in in an area where it's the northeast, where it's cold. And if you can't get away to somewhere warm in the winter, just take your downtime then. Yeah. And especially over with Christmas and um Thanksgiving and everything it's not it's nice not to have to worry about training during yeah. that time. So I didn't actually touch my bike this year from December 8th to about June. I don't know, maybe late May. Not even it, on the trainer? No, I didn't even get on it. Wow. Um, and then I started training and now I'm fully back to where I was when I want to be back to where I was. So not that I would do that again, mm-hmm. but it's just the circumstances that things that happened over the winter that I wasn't able to fit biking into my schedule. It's okay. swam every I mean, day. I was still swimming and running more than yeah, I Yeah, what's had. the one thing you never really drop? I still... Swimming. Swimming. Yeah. Both of you, right?
2: Because yeah. you're always here yeah. at the pool, yeah. asphalt green. Yeah.
1: It's just easy. And, um, I just, yeah, kind of get into like a streak a little bit over So the swimming is easy
2: for you guys swimming to get to the pool,
1: get to in get the, pool. To the pool. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 and there's no excuses, really. And we also so that, structured our season
0: so that our first race of the year was a, um, aquathlon, which is a swimming running event. So we didn't really need to bike. Yeah. So okay. it's still training, but not mm. on the bike. So we were doing a pretty high level running swimming training.
2: So your season starts November, pretty much? Or when does your season...
0: Uh, well, that uh, that aquathlon was in May. So oh, that was oh, our so first yeah. race, yeah. but we didn't do any biking in that one. And then I did Eagle Man based on no biking in early June and then... Pretty much didn't do anything else until Traverse City. So
2: but every race you guys do August. counts towards your professional.
0: Yeah. So not You racing, can't just like go do a race. You can't just skip a show. bunch of months racing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm um, trying to get some in now.
2: Okay. So when do you, so you take time off in the winter? Is yes. That what but you're then saying? I
0: took the time off in the winter because, yeah, I was, I mean, I trained all the way through end of November and then I had like, um, then I got to take off December, January. Kind of to do nothing really, just maintenance workouts, but nothing like training. Yeah. I was freezing here. You don't want to go outside anyway. And Right.
2: Well, do you guys both have, do you have uh, Wahoos or Compu trainers or indoor yes. trainers? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who has a Peloton? I know you both You've
1: um, we have I one do a, a lot of Peloton gym gym in my workouts. building. You, yeah. I don't yeah. have one myself, but it's, we have access to one.
2: Do you both. You mix it up like you're on your bike, on your trainer, and then you also do Peloton. Yes,
1: just to keep it interesting. Yeah. And actually, yeah. last year when
0: I was sort of trying to get back into shape. I also, I didn't have access to get to my bike. Um, It wasn't in the city. So I just did the Peloton. Yeah. And I did it so much that I couldn't sit on the bike anymore because the saddle isn't that what I'm used to. Right. But I love, and I was down there trying to get my own saddle on there, the community bike at the apartment. But I I love those workouts. Yeah. They're really good. And I just did one on Friday as well.
2: Uh Uh-huh. You're a huge fan of the treadmill. You're indoors. You do a lot of indoor training too.
0: Yeah. I like the indoor training because I feel like I can control, um, anything that's like a quality workout I want to do on my trainer or treadmill. I feel like I can control the variables a little bit more. Like sometimes you can't just go outside in New York and expect to be able to run fast because there's lots of people on the path or it's freezing or there's ice or something like that. So I do like, I'm a big fan of treadmill workouts and trainer rides
2: and you guys predominantly train when you're not in your own apartment in your own space at asphalt green right
1: yes we go yeah. to asphalt green downtown just yeah. for swimming mostly and running and running and treadmill. yeah yeah
0: and we go to fusion um for strength training
2: you do tell me about your indoor training routine because I think you guys have it down to a science
1: yeah so I do run on the regular treadmill but I'm um, more likely to run on the alter G or anti-gravity treadmill um, they have two at fusion where we train and I use it um, not because I'm injured but more so because I'm tr- still trying to build my mileage and I don't trust myself to run so much outside mm-hmm. so I can run inside on a slightly lower body weight um, and it doesn't beat up my legs and then I also use it as a tool to try to when I want to try to work on a newer pa- uh, a faster pace because I'm still not back to where I was but I'm not going to just jump into a workout where I'm running 530 pace via recipes for a disaster. So I am slowly building um, back to those paces, but I can do it on a workout on the Alter-G first and then get my legs used to that pace and then bring it outside.
2: So that's your sort of secret to building back your speed. That's
1: how that has been working for me really well. And um, so I'm continuing, continuing to use it. And I always, I get in there and I get so inspired because Paula Radcliffe is running the same treadmill. So um, she used it when she came here for New York several years ago.
2: I'm doing the New York City Marathon on you know the third, the TCS New York City Marathon on (laughs) November third. So like, should I get on that treadmill now and start trying? I'm I'm, I'm not. I mean,
1: I don't think it would ever hurt to try it. Yeah. And especially if you have anything that hurts a little bit when you're running outside, Mm -hmm. but you want to continue to run. Yeah. It's sort of the best thing for that because you most likely won't feel it when you're in there, but right. you can still continue to get the legs used to that pace and keep moving and, um, you can push yourself to run faster than you might run outside.
2: And it's sort of like that train high, raise low philosophy. Yeah,
1: I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you can also have, I like it because I'm working really hard in there, but then when I get off, I can go ride or swim or something and I don't feel as tired. You My have I the- don't feel as fatigued. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Laurel, what's your philosophy and approach around that?
1: Um,
0: I think you can get really strong with indoor training, especially if you live somewhere where you can't get outside for bike rides every day. So um, I like to use my trainer and do specific workouts. So I'm not just on there. Sometimes I am on there watching TV, but uh, most of the time I do specific workouts. Like one of my favorite workouts to prepare for Ironman is four by 20 minutes at kind of as hard as I can go. And to see what I can get, and then usually that translates into just above what I hold in an Ironman. Really? Uh, so
2: four by twenty minutes at what like tempo?
0: At um, a- kind of as hard as I can go. Oh, yeah. as hard as you can go. I miss yeah, that. Yeah, kind of as hard as I can go. I know it's not as hard as I, not all out because it's twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, but it'll be try to hold yeah like a pretty high wattage for twenty minutes and do that if I can do that four times and sort of in, in get at a solid watts, then I know that I'm going to be okay for an Ironman.
2: And that's the pace that you can hold for the, for the Ironman. Yeah, Man. usually
0: a little bit higher than what I can hold in an Ironman. So so this is kind of
2: like Yazo 800s on the bike.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I made that up. I made it up, but no, it, but it seems like, to work. But, <laughs> you know? but
2: that's the sort of philosophy and premise behind the Yazo yeah. 800s, right? Like yeah. whatever your pace is for the 10 800s, you double that. That okay. is the hour pace for the marathon. So okay, yeah, yeah. Like, if I get, I mean, and this is, obviously, you have to do it a couple times um, to sort of get the average. But I feel like if you can hold a four-minute, okay, so this is just me, Marnie Salop, not a professional athlete. But I've been getting, like, a four-minute or a four-and-a-half-minute, somewhere in between that pace on the 800s. So my marathon will probably be four-and-a-half hours. That's, I, okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure I didn't yeah. just invent that, but. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, something like that. So
2: like, if you can do four by 20 at like push pace on the bike, you think that's your, that's what you end up netting it's out. It's really hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard. And I can't even I do one.
0: I worked yeah. I worked the whole season up just to get to that. And like, I was just telling back that I'm going to, I think I'm ready to do four by 12. Because I start at like four by 10, then I twelve, fifteen, 12, 15, and when, by the time I get to 20, I feel like, then I'm really in shape. So what's if your power on that? Um, something like 215 or something. 215? Like, or 220 or something. That's great. That's what I did last year.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. And your heart rate? Like 140? Uh, I
0: have No idea. <laughs> I don't know. How did, did you guys
2: train by, like, I mean, obviously on the bike, you're training with power, but do you look at your heart rate or you just go on feel when you're training? Um,
0: I do now um, use both. Okay, but and on the bike, not as much. I more power on the yeah, bike, because I don't really look at it as much. But on the run, I tend to look at it a little bit more. Um,
2: so, what's your like your best run pace right now? Like that you're that you're doing?
0: I'm working on um, for a marathon pace. I'm working at uh, I guess like right under seven for a marathon.
2: Seven minute mile. Yeah. Okay. And then, but but that's part of a triathlon marathon. Yes. Yes. Just so, to be clear. Um, yeah.
0: I guess that would be, I'm always shooting for like a three hour marathon or maybe a little bit under.
2: That's amazing. And Beck, what's yours?
1: I haven't, don't have any plans to do an Ironman right okay. now. So my, um, the run pace that I think I can do right now is 630 for a half. Okay. I think that's doable. I'm working on that. And it's like, like I said, I'm continuing to try to get that a little lower every time. Yeah. Um, but it just takes its time
2: when you're trying to build up your speed and PR in your races, like what kind of level, like what kind of training are you doing weekly? Like how many hours are you putting in? I know that that is a hard question to answer because there's periodization and different times in your schedule where you're training. But like maybe, you know, when you're starting to like, what is the biggest, what's the biggest training load that you'll take on like
1: I don't even know. I I feel like my time uh, right now, my number of hours is probably pretty low, but I make everything count. I have to be really efficient because my schedule, I only have between about nine and three to get everything done. Right. Seems like a lot for um, probably somebody that isn't a professional, but if you compare it to other pros, it's on the lower end. But I think it's fine. I think I figured out how to make every workout count. And as far as um, training load, I – kind of came after having three kids like, and having some starts and stops where I felt good one day and the next day I wouldn't feel good and I wasn't really making any long-term progress. I um, came up with the idea that finally came to me that this is going to not be an overnight thing. This right. is going to take me like I'm somebody that's starting a freshman year of college and by the time they graduate they're an All-American, starting with somebody who's a walk-on. Right. Um, so I thought about it as This year, I'm taking my time to just build up. I'm going to run 30 miles a week, and that's going to be it. And if I can do that consistently for a year, then I'm going to let myself run 40 next year. And instead of trying to rush back to things and just looking at it like, you know what? You have time to do this. You're getting older, but you're not slowing down. You can still do it. Things are going to get easier maybe once the kids start getting into the next phase of things and you get more sleep. And so um, I think consistency... And I've been able to do that thirty miles this week, this a week, all year. That's without, amazing. Yeah, it's the, when and the that's one your thing base. That's, yes, that's going to just be the base. And I used to run a lot more than that, but uh, with the swimming and biking and everything else, that is just having that is going to make my running better than it was last year. And then the next year, I hope that I can build upon that. So it's a slow, I guess, kind of slow. But I'm definitely seeing the progress.
2: And is running the most. So- Is running the most important sort of part of the training where you have to think about the time on your feet as opposed to the bike and the swim?
1: Um, I think the biking is the thing that's the most time consuming for me. So I really, when I do, that's why I do some, um, during the week, a lot of trainer riding that I can just get like more bang for my buck time wise. Right. Um, Or we'll go take the ferry over to Liberty State Park and I can just do two hours straight there, an hour and a half or two hours and then come back and have a really, it's almost like riding on the trainer, but you can ride out, you're outside. You're on a loop though. It's yeah. like Central Park, it's but minus It's sort of like Central people. Park, but not hilly. Oh, okay. And a lot shorter. So it's almost like being on the trainer. Okay. Um, because you're just flat pedaling nonstop. Is there um, a good view? Great views. Yeah. And you can run over there too, which is nice. What's the so, loop? How many um, miles? It's a loop. Each mile is 1.3 or Each so. loop is 1.3 miles. It's not a loop. Length.
0: It's not a loop. It's, a, it's like a pool. Kind yeah. Of. <laughs> <laughs> you go up turn around do a u-turn come
1: back oh okay yeah. so it's a straight it's like a twisty road oh like, like, cool yeah. but it's windy and so you you're getting I, mean, I could probably get the same effect as riding on the trainer but you have the elements to deal with and so I listen to podcasts while I'm doing and it there's and no one there there's no cars hardly yeah um, sometimes but not really not, it's it's good safe and so that's I think that I'd learn to do workouts like that that are instead of going out and riding five hours. Cause I don't, that's just not going to fit into my lifestyle right now and I'm okay with it.
2: Yeah. But do you think yeah. you need to have that kind of like hours? Do you, do you need to put that kind of time in on the bike as well as much as you're putting in on running? As- yeah.
1: I think everybody is definitely different and I've been doing this long enough that I've had a couple different coaches who've had different approaches. So I've been able to test it on myself. Okay. And the year that I did, The really long riding um, where I would be gone for eight hours at a time between the run and the ride and transition in between, it did nothing for me. It didn't make me any faster, but it kind of made everything around me crumble a little bit. (laughs) Like I wasn't able to do the things I really wanted to do. I was leaving behind the baby all day to be with a babysitter. I had to get a babysitter so I could do an eight-hour ride. It just didn't work out for me or my lifestyle. So, um, And it wasn't making me any faster. So I'm glad I got, I I am glad I got that out of my system and I tried to try it and see what, that it wasn't going to work. So I don't have to think now, oh, I should be doing long rides. Um, because I feel like I can get, I've had my most best races, most success with a two and a half hour kind of ride and maybe a 50 mile ride every now and then
2: meaning like you do it every day but on the Um, trainer or my
1: long like my long
2: ride for the week like your longest ride would be 50 miles yes but you're and you're training for half yes Yes. 70.3 Ironman races so I
1: do more shorter intense race rides, and then when I get to the I mean I would like to have a longer ride if I had a longer time frame but I just feel like I get more out of it
2: but the most important Mm -hmm. thing feels like running in for, a way, I mean, for well, you. Also, also because when
1: I wasn't able to run for so long yeah. and I, I saw that you really need to be a good runner to be competitive in yes. the 70.3s. So I'm focusing on that because I wasn't able to do it. Yeah. It's a challenge for me.
2: Yeah. No, I was just thinking about, so, you know, as I've been training for the New York City, the TCS New York City Marathon, I only started training in July, which isn't like it wouldn't have been ideal for me if I had planned it. You know, I, I didn't like set out a year ago to say I wanted to do the marathon it just I do things like Laurel sometimes where I'll just like decide to do a race (laughs) and I don't train for it and I am training for it um I have an amazing coach who her name is Deborah Warner and she's a friend of mine um and she's one of the owners of Mile High Run Club and she's coaching me but like very we're very I'm being very chill about it which is so hard for me I mean I'm still taking it seriously but I know that there's nothing like for me serious about it because if I were serious, I would have been training a long time ago. Meaning like you, like I would have liked to have been running 30 hours a week for a year before training for a marathon just so that I now I'm just starting, I've never run this much in my life. I've never done 18 miles. I've never run 20 miles. And I I feel like I'm going to, obviously I'm not a professional athlete, but I do take things seriously. So I kind of feel like, I have to mentally – it's a good lesson for me because I have to, like, mentally not take it seriously so that I can do it and not beat myself up for 26 miles. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, it'll be fun. But, like, at the same time, like, I – you know, I've been – as I've been training and meeting athletes and talking to athletes, I realized that, like, you can't – like, if you really want to get faster and be successful at racing, even if you're not a pro and you're just doing it for fun, but your fun is numbers or – you take things seriously like you really need to be always training and increasing your mileage and hours and time way more than the distance you're ever going to do what's your philosophy laurel cuz you're way more chill
0: <laughs> i feel like no it's not that i'm not i'm i'm chill but i um i've had races where i've put everything into a race and then like um for example i was planning on doing ironman in brazil t- 2017 And I had done really well at the year before. Um, I was fifth in the uh, South American Championships and had a great race. And I went back because I wanted to win. I wanted to do better than I did the year before. And um, I did all the strength training. I did all the training. I was in really, really good shape. And then my bike just never arrived. Oh. And so I had no bike to race on. And so that was like a very like it's still disappointing to me because there the win was thirty thousand dollars that I was in position I could have done it I would I mean it would have been hard but I was definitely in first or second place um and I got to the point where I couldn't I wasn't gonna be able to race at all somebody gave me a bike someone let me lent me their bike uh the night before the race and I uh, so I borrowed shoes I borrowed a wetsuit I had nothing Zero. None of your stuff arrived? Nothing. I had no running shoes. I put everything in my bike case. And that's a lesson. If anyone travels for a race, just spread your stuff out. <laughs> like, don't put it all in one bag. I had shoes I walked around the city in that were running shoes, but they were nothing I'd run in before. <laughs> like, so I did it anyway. And yeah. I ended up getting eighth place, um, which was still a top 10 in the money but after that I just learned to sort of not put all my eggs in one basket. Like is that like a big could go yeah, yeah. Something could go wrong. Like and now I just say, All right, I'm gonna do this race, this race, and this like I don't have like one focus A race anymore because you you never know what's gonna happen. Right. And so I'm you still always glad I did it and I was able to get it done Thank, thanks to this woman who lent me her bike. Um, but it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, the saddle, that was so nice again. of
2: her though. It it's, was really nice of her. Did she not do the race then? She did was She was injured. An
0: extra bike? I saw her at the oh. pro meeting the day before. I still went to the meeting like I was gonna race <laughs> and I was, you know, gave her a hug and said hi how are you and she stood up and she had on a knee brace and she said oh I'm actually not racing. Um, I hurt my knee and I was like oh well I'm probably not gonna race either because I have no bike and she happens to be 5'2", five 5'1". Five wow. She's a little bit shorter than me. Um, so that was another issue. Like as a five foot three woman in Brazil, like there was no bike for me. And there, you couldn't get – It was get- mostly you know, a lot of – it's a male-dominated sport there. There were no bikes. I was never going to find a bike that would fit me. Right. Um, and this uh, – one of my uh, – her name is Anna. She gave – lent me her bike. She said, you can use mine.
2: Did you get it fitted and everything, or you couldn't?
0: Uh, no, I just, I just rode it, and I tried to ride it the night before um, when I got it. They let me uh, rack my bike in the morning because they, let, they made an exception. And I started riding the bike around where I was staying, and I got chased by some dogs. <laughs> and I was like, it's not worth it. I have, like, just, <laughs> just to, you have a bike, you're good. Um, <laughs> so I, 75 miles into the ride, I just could not sit anymore. I had to stop. And I just was like, I, I need to, to take a break. It was really, really painful. The shoes didn't fit me. Everything went, you know, I mean, I, I did it. You did it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I probably the only person out there who's done something like that <laughs> and finished. Uh, I was very happy to get to the run and knowing that I didn't have to be on the bike and wear the two small bike shoes anymore. Yeah. Um, so,
2: so it you're was, it big out. Big lesson is, like, My have lesson a back.
0: just, like, I can't do it anymore. Like yeah. It's, uh, and maybe that's not the right way to approach an Ironman, but I just, I, I like to sort of spread things out. Like, I, I can't, I want to go do well in a race, but it's not going to be the end-all be-all if I don't do well in it. Right. Because there's another race you can do, you know, and I can't be too disappointed I, the disappointment was really something that was hard to deal with like I don't want to have to deal with that anymore
2: right and oh you're probably already like so wiped out at 75 miles on the bike I mean and then you yeah. have a oh, marathon the, the to go
0: of not having all the stuff and gathering all the stuff before in those few days before the race was like was such a it took a toll on me I can't even believe I did the race. <laughs> you know.
2: So, do you now have a little bit more of Beck's philosophy in your in your back
0: pocket? <laughs> I guess next so. time, yeah, yeah.
2: So that's a good lesson, really, is to yeah, kind of be. I think p-
0: that's like the hardest thing I've had to deal with in triathlon. Um, is I showing mean the conditions. Up for- not to mention, when I got to that race and we started the bike, it was po- like the, a torrential. It was like a tropical storm. So everything just. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody you, had like, to deal with do that. Do you yeah. think it's just new? Like, playing you, field. Yeah. Do you,
2: do you think it's like, I mean, it sounds like every time. You I don't know.
0: It's just me. So I've had some beautiful races with nothing go wrong. So maybe me, people don't talk about that as much.
2: Yeah. So, what are some of the, like, w- give me like one other like really challenging situation where you like are faced with adversity on a course and you're just like, all right, I'm doing it.
0: Well, the other challenging thing I had. Which is was another like huge learning experience. Is I went to Asia for Ironman uh, for two races. Um, I was going to do Challenge Malaysia the first weekend, and the second weekend Ironman Taiwan. And now that I think about it, I'm like, am I crazy? What yes. My mom, actually, I we were doing a race in D.C. and I was going to leave the next week and she was like, this is the craziest thing you've ever done. Why are you doing this? <laughs> and she's and, got a but, lot of crazy Yeah. Work. Meanwhile, I had been training all summer. I was in really good shape. At the time, I like, probably didn't appreciate how good um, of shape I was in. But anyway, I went to Malaysia I, um, it was really, really hot. Never experienced anything like that. I got last place in the race. I was winning by seven minutes after the bike. And then I got last. By last in the whole the, race? Well, in the pro field. Oh, okay. In the like, pro wait, field. This, stop. I could have been last in the whole race. It felt like it. I was yeah, walking. You were last in the I race. I walked okay. from, maybe I, I was able to run for like three or four miles. And then I just couldn't, I had nothing left. Was the, that an
2: Ironman at one point?
0: It was. I was, we were almost going to, it's like
2: November 29th Um, or just.
0: Oh no, maybe it wasn't the same one. No, it was a new race. It was a new Malaysia. There is an Ironman Malaysia. Okay. This one is um, actually like a Singapore suburb. Okay. It's right near Singapore, which is a really, really hot place. Everyone, anyone who's been to Singapore knows how hot it is there. Um, I wasn't prepared. And so after that race, I just like, I just was like, I don't cry over things, but I was really depressed over it. Um, and I think I spent hours on the phone with my sister and anyone who would listen about how am I going to do the Ironman next week. And then I started searching. Um, we were searching. like, come home. Yeah, do internet. It. I was getting on the internet, getting my plane sw- tickets switched because then I could just leave. You know, I don't have to do the Ironman. I don't have to do it. And um, I was with, staying with this uh, a girl who has one like – nine times in Malaysia, her name's Belinda Granger, and she was, she's a very experienced triathlete, and she was, she happened to be in Malaysia, and she's like, you can do it, just go, you never know what's going to happen, you're, and she was said, you're in really good shape, I don't know why you didn't win that race by 10 minutes, instead of lose, like you did, but um, you can do the Ironman, so I, she convinced me, and I went, and I actually won the Ironman. That's awesome. um, Which was uh, eight days later it was the race in malaysia was saturday had an extra day to recover and be sad and then i went to taiwan and i actually won
2: i feel like you have to really acclimate to that kind of heat yeah now i know yeah now you know (laughs) but (laughs) no because we had i had sarah true on the podcast and she has like a serious problem with heat and she was offering some insight and advice on how she deals with it so
0: i thought i was good at heat yeah um then I experienced that kind of heat. <laughs> and it's totally different. Um, and by the time I got to Taiwan, which is way hotter than Malaysia, it was difficult, but I think my body was just ready for it.
2: Yeah. And what about you back? Like what were some what was your one of your hardest races that you've done? Are you challenges? The hardest,
1: yeah, the hardest race I've done is that the Iron Man Iron Distance we did in Israel. It's called Isra Man. And the reason well, aside from having pneumonia and not knowing it, uh, it was it is a very hard course even for somebody that's highly trained for it. It starts at sea level and the, the swim, swim in the red sea. Red sea it it's was really just cool. amazing to swim in that, um, and then but cold outside. I put on every um, article of clothing I brought with me, which is was a lot uh, more than I've ever even would ride outside. It was 42 degrees. Um, at the, we You start sea level, have to climb for an, about an hour, right, The climb? How long was that? Like yeah, like an, an hour. hour. Up to the top of the mountains and um, in the desert, desert mountains, freezing cold, extremely windy. Yeah. Um, I wore, was wearing, um, I put on real bike shorts, uh, basically a winter jacket Yeah. Um, and layers and full Rafa gloves, like the warmest ones they sell. And I rode the entire thing, didn't get warm once, uh, didn't get hot. And it was. It took six and a half hours for the bike ride. And um, sometimes, usually, like you see pro results, people are doing these Ironmans in under five. Right. Um, not that course, but still, for your first Ironman, to choose one that could take an hour and a half longer than you really need to be out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was interesting. And then you get off the bike and have to go run back down the mountain that you climbed up.
2: And downhill running can downhill be really running. challenging.
1: Yes. So... It was hard not to go fast. It was almost impossible not to go fast. Right. Um, And which beats up your legs. Right, because you're trying to pace and slow down. Yeah, my legs were just completely, my quads were like shattered by the time I got to the part that was supposed to be the easy part at the bottom. Right. Um, So that's why the marathon took so long. But anyway, it was a very challenging race and I am so tempted to go back there because it was probably one of the most beautiful places that you could have, one of the most beautiful and unique places to have a race. But thinking about that, I don't know. It's just the conditions were so hard. I, yeah, I went back and looked at my Garmin file, and it tells you the temperature, and it was said 42. Oh, my God. <laughs> and windy. We did and I was that? like We went to
2: Austin <laughs> to that. do the 70.3 the last year that they had it. It was the year that, like, a lot of the pros got hypothermia. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I don't really like racing in cold weather, so mm-hmm. I thought, oh, like, let's go do this Ironman in Austin. It's hot there. And it was, like, 40 degrees. Oh. And we had to go to Target the night before and buy all kinds of cheap clothing to put on while we waited to get in the water for the swim, which was warm, by the way, which was great. It was the warmest part of the race, which never happens. Mm -hmm. And when I was talking to Sarah True on the podcast, she was there. And she said, like, so many athletes got hypothermia and off the bikes. It was freezing. Of course, that, you know, as a non-pro, I just kind of like, hung out in transition put on like sweaters, jackets, long pants before I got on the bike. Yeah. yeah. I was just having fun, but it was a great race. But then they canceled it. They always do that Ironman. They cancel the race after I I do it. it. I think
1: I did it the next year, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe it was the year before. It was a duathlon. Yeah. They 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 canceled canceled the swim the year before.
2: Are you guys on the path to Kona?
1: I haven't done any Ironmans really, so okay. I'm more of the sh- focusing on the shorter. Stuff, okay, but, so you're. Um, Laurel's done Kona yeah, done,
0: twice. I raced in 2015 and 16. Okay, are you going to go back? Um, and if I, yeah, if if, if I qualify, you qualify, I'll go back.
2: Is that um, but is that not the end all be all for you? It's or? not.
0: I mean, I feel like I I got there. It was a big deal to qualify. Um, I am the first cancer survivor to qualify uh, as a professional and finish Kona, so I feel like I made history in 2015. I got back there in 2016, had a better race than I did the year before. But both times I just didn't race to my potential. Right. So I do feel like I want to go back and have a better race if it happens. If it doesn't happen, then I'm okay doing other races. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I love watching it. It's just, I love, yeah. yeah I, but I just I think yeah, it's. Did it's you a great go event with, did you guys did um, you go I've with never Laurel been in no. person? Yeah, so it would be fun for both of us it. to
0: go, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, the qualifications was so difficult with the circumstances of getting there in 2015 and 16. I had to go a lot of different, I had to travel around and get points for things, but then they changed it. The qualification has changed since then. Yeah. So it's sort of easier now to make it it, in my level. Right. In the pro level. Yeah. Um, Not easier, but it's more of a go, you win a race. Yeah. Easier on, you don't have to travel. And another thing is it was so expensive. Yes. Going to Kona twice was really expensive for me and so I'm not looking forward to that expense just because only 10 people get paid yes and it's and also less women can qualify than men and so I was running around spending all this money and
2: trying to, to do races all around the country yes
0: and even beating some men that were gonna already have qualified for Kona right so it was a really frustrating experience um, to have to and both times I qualified for Kona I was the last, one of the last people. 40, okay. I went in like ranked 42, finished, I think, 23rd and 24th. So it kind of shows, I wasn't the 42nd best. Right. But I still had to run around the country, run around the world. To get to that. Like I was chasing the last few points. Yeah. So.
2: And so now it's kind of changed. Like yeah. Now
0: you, can... you go to Ironman. If you win, you make it to Kona. Right. If um, some of them have two slots, if you're first or second, you make it. Right. I I think that's a more fair system.
2: Speaking of how much money you're spending and trying to support your career, you've been doing a great job recently, I've noticed, more so, I don't know if it's thanks to Instagram, working with partners and sponsors. I mean, there's a lot of brands out there that, who are some of the brands that you are working with right now?
1: Well, we work with a nutrition company called ExerCell, and that's our on-course nutrition. It really, really works well for us. It's a time-release energy gel. We also wear Win Republic clothing, which is just pretty amazing looking. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, I would agree. I, th- I like that <laughs> yeah, brand. It uh, really um, fits well. Never had a bike kit that actually fit me, so this is uh, the first time. Usually, they're just too billowy and boxy or something. We wear Dare to Try wetsuits, which is based in Europe and the Netherlands. And um, I've tried all different wetsuits, and I really love this one because of the flexibility in the shoulders, and, um, I've had some great results coming, um, out of the water in that wetsuit. We just, this is new this year. We wear Fettermoot socks, mm-hmm. which are crazy patterns or plain, uh, you ch- your choice. Uh, but actually, they're really good socks for preventing blisters. I haven't had, I haven't had any blisters this year. And this is the first time I've never had any blisters.
2: And they're so cute. I want to try cute. them.
1: Yes. They're all cute, sorts of cute patterns. You can even get custom ones to match your kit. And, and you guys are the U.S. U- distributors yes. Yes. So of Federmo. On Fetema? our website, you can buy the socks. What's your website? They're on the Athlete Food website. Okay. We don't have a separate web Athletefood.com Has a store on okay. it where you can buy the socks. And then they're also sold in Mexico. Is where the company is from. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of people who from all over the world that want to buy them, but we can't. We can only really ship domestically or to Canada. It would be easy. But what else? I mean, I wear the sunglasses. I've been wearing are. We used to be sponsored by Rudy Project, so
2: they're old. You still wear the Rudy Projects on oh, their old ones? Yeah, because
1: yeah, we got so many when we, so we were.
2: Like but sometimes when you have certain things that work for you, like you just, why change it? Like I've been wearing yeah. Brooks Ghosts for 10, 15 years running. As long as I've been running, I've been wearing Brooks Ghosts. I, I mean, still I, wear them. I still wear them, not the same pair, because yeah. <laughs> you have to change your sneakers every few hundred miles. But I, uh, no, and I also wear on running. I love, love their sneakers, but not for distance. I wear them on the track. So I don't know. Do you guys switch out your sneakers all the time? Um,
1: yeah, I'm always trying to find something. We've been lucky that we've had a lot of, um, shoe company sponsors over the years. But you don't have one right now? Um, not right now. So I, I do love the on shoes for, i wore them around just like as my every anytime my foot had like an acre of pain I would wear those and feel better yeah um but right now I'm back to wearing Nikes we were sponsored by Nike for a while a long time so I've come back to wearing them again by choice
2: so Beck are you in charge of the business for the two of you like do you do all the business development and get um, all the p- partners and I say sponsors? I have
1: at times but I think Laurel has shifted the tie she's sort of shifted to taking yeah. over that because I have like I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you're busy yeah, with kids can't do, and I mean, training, I just have to say no to a lot of stuff unless it's, yeah, it happens to be like, in the hours that they're somebody at wants to sponsor
0: us. Can you? Are you interested? <laughs> like, can you help me? Like, you know, basically, like, someone wants to give us money.
2: I mean, that's a huge part of what you do, though. It's expensive to compete. It's expensive to travel, and you know, you have to have sponsors that are paying for you to to do the things that you're doing and do what you love, just like any other business. Yeah. I mean, not yeah. a lot of people talk about that, but it's a big deal.
0: It yeah. is. I mean, it is a big deal. We're we're lucky to be able to do this, and um, I think that there's so few people that can race in at this at the level that I think we are, and that we're twins, and um, so I feel like, in a way, you could say, "Oh, it's too expensive. I can't afford to do that," or you could say, "No, this is like something we should be doing. Like this is a real like we're good, we're right. good enough. We're." You know, we have the talent and ability and I'm not going to give up on that because it's too expensive.
2: And then you have your own Instagram account, Athlete Style, which is sort of like what more what you're about, which is, you know, fashion. and Yeah. So
0: I started when I first when Instagram first started, I just said that's sort of more me. I'm more like an athlete that has a little style. So I started Athlete Style. Um, and um, yeah, so I just like to share this cool stuff I find around and share my sort of story. And you're a great photographer. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> I do, do yeah. photography. It, I started and um, I was an intern for a legendary photographer. After I got um, sick, I decided I wanted to do something else with my career or I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was an intern with Mary Ellen Mark. Who was a. She um, was a legendary photographer and I got to work with her and I got to sort of learn everything about photography the business side of I didn't even know these jobs existed when I was in school I had no idea so I ended up getting a job at a magazine and I worked in magazines for about 10 years as a photo editor and then um, got into triathlon I now have sort of started taking my own pictures again so that's what I've been doing very You'll good. see that most of the pictures I take are of my sister. Or um, <laughs> Do you the, do all the
2: food photography, too?
0: food. And I've always loved taking pictures of food and travel uh, and lifestyle photography. So, yeah, I've, I've been getting back into it the last few years. I Triathlon definitely, like, was full on. I couldn't do both at one time. I tried right. to. I freelanced for a while. And it was great. But then uh, the magazine industry really has gone down <laughs> Downhill. I, actually, <laughs> my job that I had doesn't really exist anymore. Um, I would be photo editing for 10 magazines at once instead of one um, if I even had a job. So I think I I left that industry at the right time where I was able to freelance for a few years making more than I did on staff. And then I realized too hard to do both things at once. So I just went right into triathlon and and over the last couple of years I've gotten my camera back out.
2: That's great. I mean, now the business is all Instagram, right?
0: Yeah. So, right. Like Instagram came along and I'm like, this is, it was so natural and easy for me because I love taking pictures and I love having a platform to actually share the photos. And before Instagram, I probably had 20,000 pictures on my phone that no one ever saw. Right now (laughs) it's like, wow, I can actually share this stuff. And, um, there's ways to inspire people and share my story as well as like, so many others. Yeah. Know, telling stories. In I love that when you do your race so debriefs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I try to do good race, a uh, race debrief that is informative because you never know what, what goes on outside of just looking at race res- results on paper. Yeah. So I like to try to fill people in.
2: So is there any athletes that are looking for photography or any brands, but really I think one of the, I guess uh, unique value propositions about having you as a photographer To work on something would be like for someone like me who needs photos for Instagram or, you know, for another athlete who wants to document their training or, you know, that's maybe an elite athlete or someone that's an influencer that's looking to like build their brand. Like they could find you on the website and hire you to work for them to take photos and, you know, the right shots that that need to be taken. Uh, (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, um, I. Yes, that's that's exactly the kind of thing that I'm working towards getting into more.
2: So do you ever go to races and take photos that you're not doing or is that just too hard uh, to do? I did it one time. Yeah.
0: Sport, like sports and action photography is not my main thing. Right. Um, it's, I, I can do it and I'm yeah. getting better at it, but I am more of a documentary style, lifestyle, travely type of um, photography Fair rather enough. than um, the sort of race photos. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I've actually got a new lens and I've been uh, testing out. How what kind of camera do you have? Um, I have a Nikon. And, and you got a new lens? I got a new lens, a zoom lens for the first time in my life. I'm the kind of person that has this, you know, I've, the, I learned from the photographers that go really close in. They want to get, you know, you don't, you don't use a zoom lens. Right. Um, I actually learned that from. So Yeah. So you, you don't get the real emotions and the real connection if you're standing across a room that you would if you got right in front. And it's hard because people don't want a camera on their face. So right. um, it's, a, it's an art. It's really um, something that you have to practice and you have to have a knack for it. Uh, I've been working on it for years. So, <laughs> But I do want to try to do more sports stuff. But I think I would put my own spin on it Wouldn't just be like clicking off thousands of pictures at once.
2: And so now would either of you guys ever coach at, ever, at any point? Like you're such amazing athletes and...
1: I'd like to. I definitely would like to in the future because I feel like I've had a lot, of, a lot of experience in the sport of triathlon, all the different disciplines, plus now having some kids to throw into the mix and having a busy lifestyle. And I think those things are just as important as the workouts yes. that the coach prescribes. Yeah. So um, I do have a lot of thoughts and a lot of time to think about it while I'm training. And someday, yeah, I would like to coach an athlete or two. Me too. Yeah. I, I, think yeah, we I feel like I, I have a lot to give yeah. and... A lot of knowledge that I should probably share because I've done so many different kinds of races, so many different circumstances leading up to races and training environments uh, that I feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah, through that.
2: I mean, I think I. Anytime you guys have, I've had, had the opportunity to swim with you. It's always you always have great like training workouts and routines that you're doing that are that you share that you shared with me. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's always good to have other people at the pool. Yeah. I actually, I track, or I just, I remember when I would. tried to
2: run with the two of you, that was, that oh, yeah. was like yeah, really us.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't hate you. I just
2: workout. was like, these women are like in awesome shape and we are the same size. So I need to get to the gym and start lifting weights. Cause you guys are in such great shape. And yeah, obviously, you're so fast.
1: That's actually one of the reasons why we like to do local races. Because yeah. a lot of pros might say, oh, why bother with a local race? You're not going to win money from it or something. But I think it's such a great way to connect with the community and to kind of, you can go off and do a race in, like you do races in China. where Our next race is going to be in China, actually. But it's not the same as racing in front of the people that in your, are in your city. They get to see you what you do every day, like see why you, you're doing this.
2: Yeah. So what
1: are some of your favorite local races? Obviously, the New York City Triathlon. Yeah. And some people don't like it, but it's definitely, I think it's a great race and I hope it comes back next year. It's just because it's so challenging. The bike course is hard. The run course is hard. The swim is easy, but it is always hard to jump into the Hudson River, even if you like it.
2: Like, what do you tell yourself when you jump in and you just like,
1: Um, oh, just do it? Well, the first time I jumped in, I was in for a big surprise because I didn't know how dark it was going to be. It just felt like it turned black, like the lights went out. But now I'm just kind of used to it. I've done it so many years and it's just, it's a fun. It's fun. Yeah. People <laughs> probably fun. think I'm crazy for saying that, but it's, it's fun. What do you do? Do you just like stick your head in the water and go and just like your yeah, eyes? Yes, you dive, dive in. Yeah. So there's no, you just, just dive in and you're like halfway you're done. Because it's so, yeah. the current's so Go as fast as you can and try yeah. to figure out where to go with the best current.
2: How many times have you guys won that race?
1: Um, three times for me. So. Three times for you? Yeah. yeah. Up. I've only gotten then, second once. Yeah. Okay. So. That's it's still hard. great. It's very yeah. competitive. Yeah. Race. yeah. Yeah. It's a hard. You got to really have a good race there. Do
2: and you then you well. you guys also so, spend a lot of time up in is it New Paltz yes. near Mohawk yeah. that you're mm-hmm. doing a lot of local races too yeah. right? So you we do? like
1: to do. We just did. Well, I just did a race last weekend in Harriman State Park, um, which is be- like halfway between here and New Paltz. Um, which race is that? That's called Tough Man. Okay. It's a series that is in South America, a couple here in the U.S., I think, and it was very hard. Is it a swim um, run or it's a triathlon? No, it's a triathlon, okay. a full regular on-road triathlon, but in very hilly. That course was very hilly. But I felt like I finally had a good race this year, so that was good. good do to you like do that. hills? Um, I do love hills, but since I've been able to, co- since I've come back to running after having three C sections, hills have been very hard for me. Yeah. So this year I just. Actually, the last couple of months, I just had to tell myself, like, hills are what made you good at this sport. Don't forget that. Yeah. Because I was, like, shying away from hills a little bit because it was just kind of hard and hurt too much. And I've been working on getting over that by just reminding myself that I actually can do it.
2: What is it about hills that What makes used you- to be
1: that I would, like, be able to float up and be the first one on my team to get to the top. But <laughs> recently, it's been the opposite. I think it's just it's that last piece of the strength. I can kind of fake it on flat roads, everything... I can just get by running, but I think it's that extra muscular, whatever it is I don't have back yet that um, it takes for running hills. Yeah. Up, on the downs. And did you guys do that swim run
2: it's SOS? Uh,
1: yes, I've done it before, but we didn't do it this year because we each had races on um, something else. I, I was a little afraid of the 18 miles of running. Yeah. Even though it's through the most beautiful soft surface, perfect running conditions you could ever imagine. Really? Maybe we should all do it next year. Yeah, it's just such a beautiful race. We went to watch, um, we had both had races the next week, but we did go watch the finish. And it's just, yeah, it makes you want to do it. It's so hard. It's one it's really, really hard race.
2: And what about you? What's your favorite local race?
1: I tried a new local race this year, the Jersey man triathlon.
0: Mm -hmm. Not too far from New York. It was great. Another like really challenging course, Olympic distance, hilly kind of off-road run, really fun bike ride. That was a good race.
2: And what is it that draws you to a course or a race? Like what's your favorite race? Like what pulls Um, you in? Well,
0: I always seem to do better in races where it's a really good vibe and people I know, or as far as like the good vibes from the race go. But as when I look for a race that I think I'm going to do well at, it usually involves Hills on the bike and something challenging on the run. And, uh, hopefully involves having a swim (laughs) (laughs) because
2: that's like where you really sort of like are in your element and the swim kind Um, of sets the tone.
0: Yes. I think just because I feel like I'm a kind of a swim bike and run, not just one sport better than the other. So I always try to find um, a race that's really challenging for all three. Um, I really like the wildflower triathlon in California. They didn't have it this year. I don't know if it's coming back next year, but it it was an Ironman. not an, it's half Ironman distance. It had been going for like 35 years. That is a very, really unique race held in a campground in California. It's just really hilly and beautiful. Where's so the swim? It's in a, a reservoir. Is it cold? Yeah, but not that cold. Cold, but not that cold. How do you guys
2: like get used to the cold water when you're doing all these races? Do you just like mm-hmm. mentally...
0: I'm very bad at it. Yeah, I've trained
1: myself. I try to swim uh, open water practice at least once or twice before the season starts. In really uh, cold weather. It could be warm outside, I prefer, but water's still cold. Yeah. Um, Either at the beach or in the river, um, upstate. Yeah. And yeah, you just, I've learned from um, surrounding myself with other open water swimmers who think the wetsuits aren't even necessary. Okay. So when you so you say, know it's mental. You surround yourself with yeah with that kind of thing. They're like, oh, it's no big deal. Put some earplugs in, you'll be fine. So
0: yeah, I um, learned that about your covering your ear earplugs and then covering your ears with two caps. Yeah, I always wear yeah. two caps.
2: You do. And, I started doing that because I feel like yeah, because when as soon as I get in the water, like if it, water gets in my ears, then I get like I'll get dizzy or I, it, it's the cold. It's yeah. not the water. Mm-hmm. And then that sets me up for disaster for this one. Do you have any advice for my athlete friends who might be, you know, thinking about their 2020 race strategy and what races they want to do? Like, what's your thought process in kind of picking the races that you do?
0: Um, I think that um, as when you're sort of setting up a schedule, it's best to just find a race. Think of a race that you really want to, have as a goal and you really want to do and you want to do it because maybe you didn't do well the last year or that all your friends are doing it. It's going to be a fun day or it's some kind of really challenging thing. So something that really is going to make you get up and when it's freezing in the morning at 5 a.m. and get out there and do a workout because if it's a race that you're kind of like, eh, I don't know, I, I'm going to it just because, you know, it's close. You're not going to get up. You're not going to rise to the occasion when you need to on the workout in the workouts. Yeah. Um So. That's how I kind of, that's how I kind of operate. I know there are some races I have to go to because there may be points or whatever it is, or there's like a good prize money or, you know, it's something that my sponsors would be appreciative of. But the ones that really get me out the door are the ones that I'm really like psyched for.
2: Right. And you do a lot of travel. So, I mean, maybe it's a destination race or something. Yeah. it could be like,
0: even the New York City, like this year, it was all about New York. Like, I just want to go get to New York City triathlon in great shape and put on a good performance and in front of all my friends and family and all the people that you know follow me and Instagram that may not know me but maybe I'll get a chance to meet there because we're all you know in the same city and it didn't happen but that was what really got me going really was yeah exciting for me and then I you know I do also pick like exciting adventures as well last year I went to Ironman Cozumel our sister picked like It was a fun thing for her. She came and watched with her niece. Right. So maybe it's something like that where you get your family to come and watch. Yeah, I just
2: asked my sister to do a half marathon with me in D.C. I was like, yeah, it would be fun. I'm inspired by you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, and Beck, what about you?
1: Yeah, I think that having something to motivate you, a race, is a good way to choose a race. Um, Also, timing is important, I feel like. Um, I was talking to Meredith Kessler, who's a fellow pro, who just – knows everything about the sport and seems to have everything dialed at all times, a very successful athlete. Um, we were talking before she just had first baby last year and I was telling her, well, this year I had to plan my schedule around the summer vacation and school because when school starts, who knows what's going to happen? Like I'm in a good routine now and I know when I can do my workout. So I just have to squeeze, I didn't really want to come to this race, but I know that I had to squeeze it in because things are going to change next week. So if you can, plan your races around when you know you're going to have a window of opportunity to get your best training in, whether it's because your kids are in school or they're out of school or they're on, if, like for spring break, I know I'm not going to do any races right after spring break because there's no way I'm going to be able to train during spring break. So right. um, I basically structured my year this year around <laughs> their schedules, but that's just the reality of it. And I'm happy with the way it turned out. Yeah. Um, and I would have been very stressed if I had done it scheduled scheduled races or made myself stress out about getting to a race when I hadn't gotten the proper training in for it. Yeah. And it sounds like for
2: you, so, like the base is so important because you have to be able to like ramp up. There's so many other elements for you yeah. because of the kids and
1: just family to yeah. be able to compete, just to be able to, I want to be able to have a good race. Yeah. So, uh, if I can, if I knew that I was going to be able to get six weeks of training in upstate in the summer and even if I wasn't really ready for the distance of a half, which I didn't think I was, I just went and did it anyway because I knew that that was a good opportunity to get in a race without the extra stress of coming back to the city and then getting into a new schedule, um, which can affect you. Like it's, just, it's hard to get into that new, every time the school year starts, it's different activities and things like that. So it's just been better for me to schedule things around when yeah. I know I have my time to train.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is. It sounds like you know, as an athlete, you need to be flexible, but you need a strategy. Yeah, (laughs) like yeah,
1: you definitely do. You have (laughs) to have a strategy for these things. Yeah, and it happens in the race too. Yeah, (laughs) my last race, I knew that I wanted to be able to continue racing this fall, so I had to to have a strategy that was going to get me there and not have not race like I was the last last race of the season. Right. So So I had to all all yeah. So I had to make sure I went. Out, all out when I needed to and then was able to back it off when so I could have the result I wanted without ending up feeling like oh I'm burned out or I don't want to do any more races.
2: Yeah. So. I feel like in addition to being fast and winning that is a major advanced skill as an athlete is learning how to like pace. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. learning
1: figuring out what you need to do when you yeah. get the result you want without yeah overdoing
2: it well I would I think this has been awesome thank you guys for coming over (laughs) (laughs) this has been so great I had so much fun I hope I didn't take too much time
0: Uh, it
1: counts as a workout yeah (laughs) it counts as a a workout yeah Yeah, no totally
2: thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move if you like what you hear leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts Email me, move one at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.